1: It's like I have a debt to pay to them, guys. We're going to win a Stanley Cup for
0: them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nazem Khadri is My Favorite Player <laughs> podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. I called it on yeah, myself. Yeah, you did. I know myself at first when we got Hubie and Weger, I'm like, I'm getting a Hubie Jersey. Yeah. And then as soon as like, Oh, we got Kadri now too. I'm like, oh fuck. I bet you I'm going to like him more. Even though on paper, Hubie's the better player. I just knew. Is, is he? <laughs> well, apparently he is. I mean, the TSN still hasn't ranked higher, but dude, Nazem Kadri has been, uh, obviously the MVP through was it six games. Uh, six yeah. Games. Five and one best start in franchise history. Did you see I was watching some some player interviews and shit. I don't know if it was Uyghur. Did you see him after the the home opener? I watched, yeah. They were like, "So did you know that, uh, the the Flames haven't won a season opening since 2009?" He's like, "Oh yeah, so I saw that weird stat thrown out there." I'm like, "I'm, I'm glad we got that uh behind us there." It's kind of like remember the Anaheim whole thing?
1: Well, so that's kind of what I was saying is like, remember when it was like, I was trying to look for the positives in losing Pedro and losing control Kachuk, I was like, all, all that dumb, everything exactly. is gone. There's no exactly. way weird streaks. There's no more Jeff Wartz Think on the team. It's just like fresh start.
0: I think that's how we broke the Anaheim curse. And that's how we broke this curse as well. You just have new players in there. They have no idea about it. They don't give a shit about it. They just go and win a game.
1: OK, I just want to point this out because there's always so much made about the Flames hadn't won in Anaheim for like however many years. But like, OK, the the Coyotes, it's been a while since we've, we've talked, but the Coyotes beat the Leafs. The Leafs haven't beat the Coyotes at home in like, what, 20 years or something? Yeah, ridiculous. that was fucked. I've seen that, too. How come I've never heard of this before? Like, how come I always just hear about our ridiculous streaks?
0: I have a feeling that most teams have some weird ass streak like that. Oh, totally. It's just the weird thing of wacky world of sports.
1: But anyways, it is like these, it's this fresh start, fresh start,
0: like it fresh start, baby summer of George. So one of the top articles today from TSN seven hours ago, talking point are the flames, the best team in the NHL question mark. I'm still not, I'm still not beside myself with this team yet. Are you, I mean, I watch these games. I'm like, huh?
1: We're We've pretty been good. pretty good,
0: but we're pretty good. Obviously, we're five yeah. and one. We beat all these fucking upper upper echelon teams, but you're well, Sydney's games. Like, uh, I feel like there's at least one, maybe two, maybe three more gears here. Oh, totally. It's like
1: they've had they've had a lot of positives, but a lot of like up and downs during games. They haven't played. <laughs> Somebody asked Daryl last night. they was like, "Oh, is it your best? Has this been your best full sixty minutes? Nope.
0: Did Lots you watch the game?" On. <laughs> what it was, they were out shooting the the pens what 22 to 3 after the first period and then they they were losing in shots by the end of the second
1: yeah they got shit in the second so we've kind of seen that specifically in the second because i think the third periods have been really good for the most part but you know there's been some issues they've been giving up some early goals they've they've had some tough second periods but like you said there there's we're winning games and there's still another gear to unlock i think specifically with the top line because the the cadre unit and the backland unit have been phenomenal. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're five and one and they're still we're they're still finding their game, which is like fantastic. If they were one in five and still finding their game, we'd be freaking out. But if you were the Vancouver Canucks, you'd be throwing jerseys on the ice. Apparently, oh man, I like how I we, in a few weeks ago, we were like, I'm like the Canucks could be like the X factor team. Like, I don't really know what they are. They could be really good. Oh, and seven.
0: Well, and, but the, the Canucks always stink out the gate, always, it and then they always fucking go on like a twelve-game heater, get themselves right back in the standings. The whole fan base gets excited, and they just fall short. Listen, you you have to
1: because we've kind of, as a fan base, because the Oilers are so easy to hate, we've we've lost our way a bit in our hatred for the Canucks, and we almost feel bad for them. You can't forget how how.
0: How much you have to hate those those losers out there? Because I've um, forgotten, man. Oh, I do. Me, feel me too. So, I do feel. I can't help it. I do feel sorry. I uh-huh. like those days of Biexa and fucking Burroughs. Burroughs. Who else? Kessler. Kessler, Kessler the Dork Sidine twins. Mitchell. Willie Mitchell. Willie Mitchell. Just the list went on and on and on. It's just like fuck the most hated, hateable team other than the Oilers now. But yeah, it's interesting, eh? And like fucking. Dude, Nazem Kadri? Oh man, how good has this guy been? I mean, yeah, that second yeah. line has been unbelievable. But I mean, I guess we'll get into it, breaking down the top line versus That's, the second yeah. line. But
1: I was thinking about this today. I was like, okay, imagine the T.J. Brody, Nazem Kadri trade actually happens in 2019. Kadri doesn't nix it. Do the Flames have a Stanley Cup? Do the Flames like? I would argue that if Kadri was on this team for the last three years, like he would have been if that trade had happened, the Flames would have won a Stanley Cup in that time. Like, it's, it's, like I don't even think that's a question right now.
0: Hey, man, we've been talking about it for five years. This this whole center depth slotting has been a maybe a bigger issue than we even thought.
1: Apparently.
0: Because we're sitting, I'm sitting here watching the games. I'm like, yes, we look good. Last night was good, right? But yeah, there's parts of the game you're like, oh boys, like that second period last night against the penguins. So sloppy. Yet they only trade goals, right? It's come out of the the Second period with a bigger lead than they had in the first. I guess they scored two goals in the second. And they shut it down again. Yeah, yeah, shut it down. I think that's the way I'd look at it is like they've definitely
1: been sloppy in a lot of uh, issues in their own zone, I think. And I think offensively as well, you haven't seen like that patented. I I mean, the first few games, I thought they played. The first three games were awesome for the most part. Yep. I think the Vegas game was the best game they played. But you haven't seen those periods of like long where the Flames are like having the puck in the zone for a long period of time. So they've been sloppy defensively. They haven't been able to, like, put the the gas, like, the pedal to the metal in the offensive zone as they kind of were doing last year. But that being able to shut stuff down, like, there seems to be less, like... Oh shit, you know, Edmonton's coming back and we can't, we can't stop it. It's like, they just, they, they put a plug in the, when, when these things start happening, they're able to put a plug in it, which I've been impressed with.
0: Yep. But I do think a lot of that has to be the center depth, right? You got, Oh, totally. Cotter, Cotter too. And then you got Coleman and Backlund's your third line. Like, fuck.
1: They've been cr- the Backlund Coleman. I know Backlund's off. I think Backlund's having the best. Is this the best? Like early season Michael Backlund we've ever seen second half backs. It looks like he's turning into first half backs right now.
0: Yeah, get him in his proper uh, slotting. role. Exactly. Like he's been great. I can execute. And a Coleman has
1: like th- those two guys and Lewis too. Like, I know that was one of our, that line has been great. Um, combine that with the freaking cadre Man, that line's been good. Holy cow. And
0: then we the, see the fourth line they have their ups and downs, but as a whole, I mean, Richie
1: has as many goals as
0: Lindholm. Dude, the fourth line has been money. Like, they are, I, I like their role and they're executing it well because I mean, you think about traditionally speaking, right? Your third line is if you can have a shutdown center, then your third line is like a shutdown line. If they can produce offensively like they are, then they're going to cre- create fits for every team. Doesn't matter how, how much skill the other team has up front, it's going to be difficult. And then traditionally, your fourth line is like your bangers and your crashers and your energy line. And I love uh, how this line has executed that role to a T five games, six games into the season here. Oh, totally. Do, do they not come? They, they change the pace of the game. They get out there. Yeah. They get it down deep. The bodies are flying. Lucic looks fast again, fastest I've seen him in the claims <laughs> uniform. He's a fucking wrecking ball. Dude, I still can't believe that he's like honestly lasted this long
1: and is still effective. Like, that's one of the most mind blowing things to me. Like, are they going to re-sign him for cheap next, yeah. next year? He's gonna earn, like he's going to earn himself a deal. <laughs> why, exactly, why wouldn't you? But, I mean, Bray Ritchie, scoring goals, making shit happen. Rooney's been winning some draws. Like, I mean, I think they had some issues, obviously, against the Hurricanes, who are an incredible team. But they've been doing their – they've been executing perfectly. That's what they're supposed to do. Like, you're down in a game, and they go out and have a great shift and kind of turn turn
0: some momentum around. Well, and to be down against a team like the Canes, we saw it against Vegas, to be down like a team down two goals to a team like Vegas and Carolina, and then to come back yeah. and win both those games, um, that says an enormous amount about the structure that this team plays within and you know what the players are capable of. Like that Carolina I mean, you're watching these games, you're like, hey, yes, I know Carolina is an unbelievable team, but when we play when we play these teams they don't look unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? They look like they're beatable.
1: Yeah, like I it's think it's just the
0: way we're playing.
1: That's actually a good a good point because I think if you watch the Hurricanes game, and you know you look at the you look at the scoring chance splits, like the Hurricanes out chance them high danger like eight to one in the first period and twelve to one in the entire game, but it didn't feel like that, did it? No. It was like the Flames actually did a pretty good job of containing like second, third chances, stuff like that. And um, I think, I think that's the, what I've been most impressed with is again, like, because I think that's an, even, even after last year where they kind of stopped this issue for the most part is like, you know, those, the classic flames where it's just, you never know what to expect. It's like, now you always know what to expect.
0: Like the penguins looked mediocre to me last night and I know they're not. I know they're in one of those yeah, upper, like upper I didn't even. I
1: did. Sid make a play last night?
0: <laughs> no, did fucking McDavid make a play when we played him? That's and right. Then, it's look, like I don't yeah. want to get ahead of ourselves, especially because yeah. we play Edmonton next this weekend. Yeah, we know what's gonna. We know what's probably gonna happen. But at the same time, you're watching these games and just like we we're pretty. I maybe it is just that comes down to the center depth thing, but we don't seem to be running around much. I mean, we were mostly just sloppy in the second period last night against the Penguins.
1: Yeah. You're not getting hemmed in your own zone a lot. I think a lot of these defensive issues more so seem like coverage things and just like missed assignments and stuff, as opposed to like, Holy shit, we can't deal with these guys right now. Um, and then as soon as like say the cadre line or the back line gets out, most like
0: it's sorted out. So yeah. Like remember the Dallas series, not this the, yeah, the, the bubble series in the bubble where you're yeah. just like, you're running around, Holding on for dear life. Holding for on for dear minutes. life. Wave
1: after wave after wave after wave after wave. And you're just like clenching your butt cheeks. Just thinking, like, can we get through this next five minutes without having eight
0: goals against? Yeah. Uh That was Markstrom's best game of the season, no? Oh, last absolutely. Penguins. He
1: was, he was great last night. Um, I've been leading the, the local chapter of the Jacob Marker, Markstrom Defense Club. Lately, because like, apparently like he's been getting dragged through the mud for like, just like, why? Because they let in a few early goals. I thought it was, I thought it was crazy how much
0: people were freaking out online about like, oh, Markstrom sucks. He's terrible. No, that was good to see because he has, he hasn't looked great. He has not, but he did. He looked great last night. He was Um, awesome. they They threw that stat up there. I mean, three out of the four of his starts before last night. He's let in the first shot of the game. I yeah, remember that. He, yeah. I remember. Remember we had Smith, it was just like, oh my God, oh is he my gonna Is don't he gonna let it. in? Is he gonna let in every shot? Every single time there's a shot, you're like, oh my god, is it going in? Is this coming? He's coming, he's gonna dump it in over the come over the blue line and dump it at the net. Oh god, is it going in? So maybe there's some PTSD there. I don't know, but I think there's just
1: PTSD from the, the Edmonton series. Everyone's still freaked out about that. Yeah. Everyone, probably. everyone is just. Worry that Jacob Markstrom is not good anymore. So, I, un, I understand the heightened uh, sense of uh, nervousness and negativity, but um, I, it's weird when I'm the one having to tell people to relax about stuff. So, um, that was he needed those two games to just kind of like settle everything down and shut everyone up, but he was great. He was, he was phenomenal in the second period last night. He made oh. like three or four 10 bellers in the second. Yeah, he locked it down.
0: Was, he, mean, play, was yeah. he your top performer last night? I
1: think he was my top performer for both nights. Um, Qadri could have been last night as well, but oh. I thought, I thought Markstrom obviously that second period, like Codri was unreal in the first period, but Markstrom kind of saved the game in the second there.
0: Yeah. Um, Huberto gets his first goal last night against the Penguins. I guess we're kind of going all over the place, but we'll try and cover yeah, in the three games. But, um, not the world's greatest goal, but. Still a good goal. I mean, you gotta. You, he knows there's traffic there. I think he's just placing that shot, whether he knows it's gonna lead to another rebound or a good chance. But fucking beats the goaltender. Well, yeah, goal.
1: I thought it was interesting a few days ago because and Daryl Daryl <laughs> has been spanking the media like children lately oh, about their talk about individual players, which I I've loved. But a few days ago, that you know everybody's been on the when's Hubert gonna score? He's struggling. He's struggling. When's Hubert gonna score? When when what's the Blah blah blah. Um, But Daryl just kind of had this is what I think Mer- makes Daryl such a great coach because I think, like, the X's and O's things obviously, you know, he's not doing anything super innovative, but he really knows what he's doing. But just from like getting guys to understand what they need to do on a night to night basis, and just like a brief comment, he was just talking about Hubert on Lindholm. And he was like, they just need to get, you know, they're not, they're not shooting the puck. Johnny, Lindy, you know, they got to shoot pucks more and be in the ozone a little bit more. I mean, they're, his, you look at historically, just over their careers, there are two to three shots. There are two to, what, two to 240 shots in their career. So that averages out to probably just under three a game. So if they're not getting that, then you're not getting opportunities.
0: And so I mean, you, could, you could see so
1: Huberto doing that, right? He's just firing yeah. everything from everywhere, and he scores.
0: Dude, the fact that you have a coach that can, can pick that up so easily and communicate it so easily... I mean, we, right, said a, yeah. we said this a lot, but just imagine word even fucking <laughs> trying to conceptualize that. Just even, have fun, dude, and work <laughs> hard. Yeah, hate to lose a little more. We're good. We're around the corner. Hey, we're two games under under five hundred. Round of the corner here.
1: We're right to beat the Leafs. That's like an easy, actionable, understandable. Like you said, that's a good way to communicate something. That's like, hey, okay, that's a that's a way to simplify your game. And yep. still get the result that you're probably looking for. It's not some like, "Hey, we're gonna go to the video room and watch all the ways you're screwing up in coverage and not following the system." It's just like simple. It's like, hey, your shot, shot solution, down,
0: shoot." The solution is something intangible.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like oh, care more, work, work just harder. care more. I hate to if lose, you, baby. If you
0: would have cared a little more while you shot that, it probably would have <laughs> went in. Your care per sixty is way down, bro. <laughs> it's, it's the new fucking uh, analytic fucking <laughs> metric, eh? See what is it? See something? Fucking yeah, minus. C one?
1: per, C, backslash sixty. Fuck. Oh man, yep. but that was and a that, sweet goal. It was good to see him get it because you know he's he's been out. He's been wanting there real bad. All
0: right, that Penguins game. Um, let's just go through these goals. I love going through the goals because it yeah. kind of tells the story of the game. That that second line, which is really right now, it's really your top line. They've been driving that team. Um, but. That whole shift, because they that shift, yeah. they hem they hemmed the the in. Yeah, totally. In. They had the forecheck check going, everything. They had the buzz saws going, and you're like that's right. Before it's funny because sometimes you can always anticipate. You're like, oh fuck, we're getting close here, aren't we? And then when Manji Pawnee, I mean, Dubey makes a good little, you know, play in the corner, nice little battle, gets over to Monge. Monge picks it up. As soon as he picked it up behind the net, because we had them on their on their heels for about 20 seconds there. You kind of knew that they're not going to be in their positions. Monge has got some open ice. He's probably going to find somebody or do something magical. Sure enough, he does. I mean, he doesn't feather it in there like a drill might have. Mm -hmm. But he still finds Kadri all alone in front. It's an easy chip over the shoulder. Still got to bury it. But, I mean, I credit most of that goal to Monge and just that line as a whole. But fuck. Yeah, that was that was a thing of beauty.
1: That was like a chuckesque Chuck-esque pass from Pawnee there, right? That little behind the back sneak through the like the short side on the net. That was sweet. And
0: then the second goal, my
1: God, this is
0: basically shorthanded.
1: Yeah, I thought it was going to count shorthanded. It looked like the clock hadn't expired, but.
0: But if you watch him, he picks it up. Skate like here's the here's the thing. right? I mean, like I'm playing three on three every week. And sometimes you sit on the bench watching, and you guys, you guys got to guys got to know when to skate into open ice, right? Because there's a lot of players they pick that up. The first thing they do is look to see if they should make the pass. Cardi recognizes he's got wide open ice. He takes it as soon as he starts taking that ice. Now the two on one develops, and dude, he played that so perfectly. He's just like stick handle stick kind of look over. What am I going to do? Am I going to shoot? Or am I going to pass? I could be a threat for both. Does it again. Still a threat for both. The, the goalie doesn't have a fucking clue. Then just fucking chips it behind him, fucking right off the barn in. That was probably my favorite goal of the season so far by any Flames player. Yeah, that, was, that was fantastic. That was an exclamation point on his
1: first period, which was already great. Um, but he's just got, yeah, like you said, great offensive instincts. It's funny. Everyone's like, oh, now that he's not in Colorado, he's not going to score. He don't, he's not going to have as many points. It's like he's on pace for 100 points. I know it's five, six games, but still, like, his skill has always been, I think, a massive, massive, massively underrated aspect of his game.
0: I mean, we talked about this last night. We were texting a bit. If that first line does not get going, and Lindholm doesn't get going, because I think, did you see the the thread by Kent Wilson? Lindholm's numbers are fucking terrible. He's been one of our worst players as far as.
1: He's having. He's having. He looks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. If he's sick or if he's just, I don't know.
0: Injured or he's just, maybe he's he's taking time playing with these new new wingers.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's probably a, a couple of things. Like, his on ice impact has been terrible. He has, what, zero five on five points, right? Yep. I don't think he has any yet. He's got two goals. They're both on the power play. He got absolutely hammered in that Carolina game. And even in three on three, like he, it's like he was handling the puck like it was a grenade. It was like he just doesn't look right. But I don't know; it could be multiple things. Um, I obviously Huberto
0: and Toffoli aren't Kadril Kachuk, so no, that's, that's a that's a big adjustment, especially if you've been cl- playing with Kadril for what three plus three, two three years now. Yeah, I mean, you get so used to that. Because like Gaudreau, he comes down there, he generates and creates fucking all the offense. Yeah. Like Lindholm just needs to find find that spot. Right. Huberto does not distribute the puck at all the way Gaudreau does. They're like completely different players. Yeah, it is so, it
1: is interesting how different they are, and I think that's a really good point. That's something I was going to bring up is like, hey, why hasn't the offense really been there for Lindholm? Because I mean, if he even if you look at his scoring chances, he's I don't even he's barely had any scoring chances at all. No. Um, so far in the season, a five on five for sure. And, you know, like if you think about it, like you said, a lot of the, a lot of his goals have come from, okay, Gaudreau is doing his thing in the offensive zone and he's just got to get, you know, find that spot. Like Gaudreau's causing all kinds of havoc. Find, find the open spot. There it is. Bingo. There's your goal. Or alternatively, like Gaudreau makes a great play off the rush and, you know, finds him in transition. Huberto, I I don't know if Huberto seems, he doesn't, through six games. Again, I've watched six games. He doesn't seem to carry the puck in and out of both zones as much as Gaudreau. So he doesn't seem to control the puck in all three zones as much. He's still an elite, a shit passer. And you know, what's funny though. It is kind of weird because I think a lot of people were like, when, when uh, the swap kind of happened in the summer, everyone's like, Oh, Hubert kind of like Gaudreau, but he's not as flashy. Like you're not going to see those flashes of like Johnny had. It's like, I think it's the, based on what I've seen through six games, it's like the exact opposite. Like, I don't think Johnny was ever really that flashy. Like he had the occasional highlight reel goal where he goes end to end. A lot of his work was just like, cause he's a good stick handler and just like, you know, so elusive shifty. and shifty yeah. He get guys to come to him. And then he finds a guy who's wide open. Cause he brought this other guy out of position.
0: Hubie is freaking flashy as shit. He's doing the spinner. backhand. No looks cross. You see right? that? You
1: see that, that toe drag.
0: Ooh. How about that? toe? Who's a toe drag on? He did it that dangle
1: be. in the Carolina game, I think. And like he put, put it on a platter for Toffoli. I don't know if he's not paying attention or what, but he missed that one. So um, I don't know. I think that's probably part of Lindholm's problem. Like I know some people are like, Hey, there's not a puck carrier on that line. And like, they can't move the puck up and down the ice. I can see that they seem to have trouble getting out of their own zone when they're stuck in their own zone. And then moving the puck up the ice seems to be laborious for them. So I don't know. I'm, not super worried about it, but I mean, if it does continue like this, you have to toy with putting Kadri up there, don't you?
0: Yeah, I would give him. Obviously, if you're going five on one, there's no rush. But oh yeah, totally. to me, and to me, I feel like that, yeah. I feel like Lindholm, even just Swedish players in general. But Lindholm, he's smart enough; he'll figure it out. I think this is we're seeing. this adjustment period here, and I mean, obviously, Toffoli is nothing like either Kachuk or Gaudreau, so he's got to adjust to both wings. Um, but maybe his game has to adjust like he needs to shift. like maybe his role because before that's what it was. Yeah. play sound defensively and then just wait for Gaudreau to find you. like that's all you ever had to do. I mean, he was a beast at other things too. I mean, reckon was it John, John Carlson, Carlson and fucking those passes ranting and stripping the puck around he's he's magical on his own, but for the majority of the season, he's just used to playing sound defensively and finding open ice for wait for Godjo to find you. so his, uh, his style of play needs to shift because that's not going to work. Uh, Huberto is not the same player. Uh, you can't just, when you get to the offensive zone, wait for him to find you. Like It's not going to work like that. I feel like maybe Linholm should maybe try to distribute the puck more. Maybe he should be trying to find Hubie or DeFoli in open ice. And if he shifts that for a bit, those two are going to create even more if that's the scenario. So... I don't know. I think he's smart enough; he'll figure it out. But we're definitely seeing, uh, especially for Lindholm, like they're he's going through waiting for this adjustment to happen. Huge he's, adjustment. He's, yeah. Anyways, and then fucking Stone last night, <laughs> dude. Is Again. this guy the best story in the NHL? One of them. Like it's he's definitely real. The best story we've seen in, in Calgary in the last year and a half. I mean, there's been a lot of them, but fuck. Scores again. This so, guy's shot is so dangerous. And at what dude. point do you swap him for fucking Anderson on PP1? <laughs> Look, Anderson's played good hockey, and he's been good at both ends of the rink, but fuck. He's been a
1: little sketchy in his own. He's, he's been activating the offense hardcore for sure. He's as, far as,
0: as far as creating dangerous opportunities on on. Power play one, he's been a dud for me. Yeah, he's Anyways.
1: yeah. I know. I think we both, and maybe we're on the outside on this. I think we both think that that's maybe a bit of a weak point on power play one. Yeah, Where a lot of people say differently, but I don't know. When I watch, like we've talked about it at length, that we,
0: I I don't think he, dude. I'm all about results, man. I want to yeah, see right. if you're distributing the puck. Like watch Kill mccart Yeah, maybe he doesn't score or, or get an assist every time there's a power play, but he is creating dangerous. Opportunities.
1: That's the thing. I don't think he has that kind of like killer. I don't know if it's killer instinct or it's just like, he's just like.
0: It's too one dimensional.
1: You want him to do something and he doesn't
0: do it. It's like, yeah. nah, it's, it's, it's just, just like when like, I, Literally, when I'm watching the power play, I'm like, hey, "Don't pass it to Anderson. Don't fuck. <laughs> they pass Anderson. Pass it away. Pass away. Don't shoot it. Pass away. Okay, good. He passes away. Like, okay, I, don't pass it back to him. Just don't pass. Like that's me the whole time because that's is he's the definitely the weakest link. He's a bit of a yeah, buzz kill in terms of hoping something dangerous is about to happen. It just seems to fucking not happen with
1: him. Yeah, and he can get the puck in this like to the net. I I feel like he can lob shots through, which is fine, and that's something the Flames kind of focus on more than other teams. Is that just like rebound focus and shot mentality on the power play, but I don't know. I just keep wondering. I was like, Hey, if we was there, like what would be going on? Or stone or stone. Or I, I think Zoroff. the crazy thing about stone is, cause I heard him talking today on, uh, I think Steinberg was interviewing him and he was just saying like, Daryl has like, he'll, the, the, the coaching staff will go through like, kind of like targets for all the guys in terms of what they want their shots to be like in terms of their shot volume, how much they're shooting. And it's like, when you combine, stone with a guy who has a lethal shot on a team that is just like, cause you make the memes about it, right? Like when he's just like blasting in the Evans series, like shooting everything. But when you combine a team who plays that way, who is heavy on, you know, uh, possession and just lots of shot attempts with a guy who can shoot like he can. And the guy who has an accurate shot, like the goals he scores are going bar down, bar in, right? Like those are, those are it's not easy to do that. That's a skill set. It's just like it's meshing so well and it's so it's so incredible to see this guy who like how was relegated and still had to earn a contract. It's so funny to me there's like, here Richie, here you go. Here's your contract. Kevin Rooney signed UFA day one. Lewis, here you go. Okay, Stoner, you gotta earn this shit. And he's got like 16 points in his last like 23 or 24 games in the NHL if you include the playoffs. It's crazy. Dude, that's like Norris fucking like, trophy. What a right what there. a pro. Like I, yeah. I thought I didn't know he could like he consummate was, pro, some kind of professional. I thought some he would come in in the Dallas series, and I was like, that was incredible that he did that, but that's like it. Like that feels like a superhuman feat, only accomplished once. He'll he's kind of like, you know, he'll probably be not on the team next year. And no, he's done the exact opposite. Like, what a dude. Like. I don't know what this guy's taking, but man, oh man!
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're getting we're getting some benefit here. It's funny because to start of the season, we look at the schedule like holy fuck, this is a tough schedule. But you get Colorado on the second half of a back to back last night. You get the pick the Penguins on the second half of a back to back. But like we said against Colorado, sure you have a bit of an upper edge, but you still have to utilize it. You can't squander it. And so the the Flames recipe right, we jumped on them early. They dominated uh, the first period, come out up. Obviously, there's a lapse a bit in the second. But, um, again, to knock off all these teams of the, of the upper, echelon, upper echelon. Can't even like an echelon this. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Any more thoughts on the, the Pittsburgh win?
1: No, like I said, I think the third, like, again, I've been, I think the thing I've been most impressed with has been their third periods. Um Yeah. Well, on their yeah, first periods, maybe. Yeah, their too. first period, their starts, like it's, I think the starts maybe just because they've let in a few goals early. It hasn't, it hasn't rattled them, which yeah. is nice. But the fact they've been like in the Oilers game, they were able to shut it down. You know, even in the Colorado game where they have a certain amount of bit of a comeback, they put a bottle in uh, a cork in that. Last night, they, you outchamp after getting outchanced like crazy in the second period, you come out and have, a period where you outchance chance the Penguins by like a 6-2 to two margin in terms of high-danger scoring chances. So that, just those third periods are so good. And, I mean, I don't know. That's like what winning teams do, right? Yeah. You win games when you haven't played your best games.
0: So the Buffalo game, um, it's interesting because Buffalo's is beating everybody right now. Buffalo and they was, look
1: freaking good doing it. They
0: do. But I, I kind of have a theory on this because – we we see teams do this. Buffalo's done this lots. Remember oh, that yeah. one? Wasn't that it one last year? year? No, I think it was the year before that. They were like twenty and three to start the season. They were first place for like a month, <laughs> and then they the missed play. the playoffs. But sometimes you see this where a team like Buffalo just takes you by surprise, and I think right. part of it is you have all these young players. They're all full of energy. Yes, they have some skill. They actually got some some good players. Um, they're coming out of the gate hot. And if you're a team like Daryl, you don't, you don't even bother watching tape. There's nothing to watch. Like you don't know who you're playing yet, right? There's such an unknown when you're playing this a young team like this. Um, if you play them later in the season, I think it's a different story because you know how to defend them. You know, you, you play a team like Buffalo this early on. There's not much of a game plan. I don't think, right. You're trying to just do your own thing. Like you don't realize what you have to do to beat these guys until later in the season when you can watch them tape and, and study a bit of what's making them successful. I think part of the reason why they're catching all these teams by surprise, and obviously they're, they're hot, they're, they're scoring, they're scoring goals, they're scoring, scoring, scoring some nice goals too.
1: <laughs> they looked fun and fast and it was just kind of a fun game to watch. If you weren't rooting for the flames, um, they drew a lot of penalties, I think, which was you know, maybe kind of catching the flames by surprise. It, it, it didn't make the flames look slow, but I think the flames weren't ready for how quick some of those guys were. And like you said, next time they play them, they'll, that, that'll be on their minds. Right. Um, I, I didn't think it was a bad game necessarily by the flames, but it's like, that was one of the games where it's was like you get behind early and you were kind of screwed for the rest of the game. Like, I think they still, they had a, they, they mounted a pretty good comeback um, effort in, in the third period. And I thought they were, you know, pretty close. They were really close to getting back to that game until Zadorov scores to get them in the game, and then takes a penalty and you know. So, yeah, I think they just took too many penalties in that game. Otherwise, it was an okay
0: game. Yeah. Anything else from that game? You want to? I didn't really catch a lot of it because um, I had to watch it with an Oilers fan, and we were watching it at, in a man cave. So we had to fall oh back and God. forth between the two games, and it was the worst because the, oh. oh. the Oilers won. There's one at least we beat the Oilers, so there wasn't a lot of. Shit talking, but I did have to watch some of the others game where they win while we we're losing this fucking brutal.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. Like Vladar gets in, and it's kind of funny because Daryl's such a boss. Hey, eh? we're gonna start Vladar once a week. <laughs> he hasn't started in like two weeks, um. But I th- I guess that counts as a start. He came in, looked pretty good. It's good to get. I I'm glad Daryl made that move because like you get him in in the week, and then he's got his minutes allocated for the week and. You, you don't have to
0: worry about it. Do you think Daryl's going to start Vladar this Saturday against Edmonton? My feeling is yes. Probably. It worked
1: last time. Daryl is really good at doing things, that, doing what you wouldn't expect, and
0: then it makes complete sense. I mean, I will say the nice thing about the Buffalo game, right? You're caught off guard. You're down 4-1. Everybody's like, what the fuck? This is Buffalo. How are we losing? Um, but you do score a late goal in the second. That's always a good time to score a goal. If you're down, you get an early goal in the third. It looks like the comeback is on and you make it close. At least you make a game out of it. Where at the end of the end of the, at the end of the day, it's not much of a game, but they do score an empty netter, but at least uh, you, you made it somewhat interesting.
1: Yeah, no. And I, like I said, I, the third period, they, they didn't like pack it in and call it a night. They mounted a nice little comeback. In that game, um, St- just another note: Stone had eight shots in that game. So two, two of the last three games, Michael Stone has had the top game score. <laughs> um, he gets the top game score in this game where he had an assist and eight shots on goal. So, it's cra- beast, crazy. But it how it is be- it is crazy. Like just just one more thing on Stone: like you look at how poorly Gabranson's doing, obviously, on a shitty team without, you know, the structure of a Daryl Sutter hockey club. And, like, it just speaks to, like, how good of a coach Daryl is, right? I think yeah. where he yeah. can just milk. So get exactly what he needs out of these guys and put them in positions to succeed based on their skill set and how they fit in the team. Like, man.
0: The Carolina Hurricanes game. Um, whew, this, was, this was impressive. This is a fun game
1: to yeah. watch even though like i said like the flames kind of got dominated at the end of it it was still didn't feel like it and it was a really enjoyable game
0: the canes are one of the cup favorites we already know they're a beast of a team they've been good for what three four seasons in a row now feels like they've been good for longer
1: than that even they're always kind of like everybody's cool cup team a little dark horse start yeah. the season
0: mm-hmm. um Nasim Kadri makes it interesting with the power play goal. I can't remember how this goal
1: went in. Do you? So Razzie just floats it in from the point, and Naz gets the
0: rebound and smacks it in. Great. Right. Then Brett Ritchie, your favorite player, your new favorite player, <laughs> um, scores a <laughs> a three D chess goal. Is what I call this goal. This is a what a Justin Williams esque. Didn't Williams score one from this this exact same spot to fucking to clinch a series or something like that, like when a few years was, ago.
1: When he was with the Kings, yeah, sounds all
0: right. Was it the Kings or the Kings? Whatever. I think it was the Kings. This
1: is this is so funny because on the broadcast they were all like, Oh, look at uh Rant is cheating so much. He's just like it's because like any normal hockey player, Zakov's yes. wide open there. Yes. Every like this is a Brett Ritchie. So did Brett Ritchie do this on purpose, knowing he did he play a three D chess move and shoot no. that puck, knowing no. that the goalie was thinking every no. every other Brett, Brett Ritchie,
0: Ritchie assumed that. wrong. Brett Ritchie assumed wrong, thinking that he there was pressure on him, which he was all alone, and he needed to get the puck away right away. He had no clue who else was on the ice or where they were. He just figured that the only potential play remaining at that point in a juncture was to just throw a waster shot at the net and it went in.
1: Yeah. It's hilarious yeah. <laughs> because Greg Millen's like, I can't believe anti he's not paying attention. I'm like, no, he sees the guy who's obviously wide open for the net. Anybody would pass it to him. Not for
0: Richie. Yeah. No, I'm not your boy. <laughs> Richie had, you know, all everything aside, Richie's been great. No, oh, he's been good the start the season. He's like our new, uh, but he's probably drew the most amount of penalties so far out of any flames. Dude, he player. drew
1: okay. Is this the Carolina game this happened where the fourth line drew four penalties, or was that the Vegas
0: game? Yeah, it was the Carolina game. Yeah, so, so
1: freaking Richie draws three and ruined. Oh draws... no, was it?
0: No, it was the that was the Vegas game.
1: I feel like it was the Vegas
0: game, but yeah, yeah
1: they, they drew four penalties. It was insane. Yeah.
0: Drew another one last night, didn't he? This uh... is drawing, drawing penalties every night now. It's like Gaudreau or Kachuk. Fourth yeah, line, he's been good.
1: And like he's been good to it, like right, they, they got caved in in that game. I think their expected goals for, I think they were on the ice for like I don't know. I posted it at one point, but um, the the fourth line was on the ice for like I think like one yeah. scoring chance four and like fifteen against.
0: Yeah, they're they're not. That great in their own end. They're pretty so, good in the offensive end, like they're yeah. pretty effective. But like you yeah.
1: play a team like the Hurricanes, who are really fast and really skilled, and play like a possession type game and play a high pressure game like the Flames do, and you throw Lucic and and Richie out on the same line, and I think you can kind of expect that to happen. Yeah.
0: Overtime was interesting for me because you know we had who was telling us was that, Jack uh, Han. Jack Han's telling us preseason that yeah one of the things about Hubert really is he's the best three on three player in the league. So I was kind of interested. This is our first overtime, right? Yeah, so yeah. you know let's see. Let's see this. How good is he? Um so Daryl starts out with Hubie and Lindy, then it goes to was it Nas and Maj. I think so. I think yeah, Nas and Nas- Maj were out there. Yep. Yeah Nas and Maj. And then the third line was back on Coleman. He cycles through that those three again yeah and then in the last fifteen seconds of ot shoulder tap. gives him this sh- Daryl Sutter gives to Foley the shoulder tap. And fuck, hey, we heard this deep talk about this with Quinville. One of the things that made Quinville so good was his ability to read within the game and give the players the right chance at the right time and then the players would seize them. Where did this come from? It' was like it was like dying minute, dying. This was like less than, was it under 30 seconds left in overtime? Yeah, there was like 20, maybe 18 on the clock. How many coaches are going to go with some sort of intuitive hunch with, with that little time left in overtime and go against the grain from what you've done for the whole duration of the five minutes? But he gets the shoulder tap, goes out there, buries and scores the
1: game winner. And buries and scores the game winner after the entire, for some reason, they, again, like kind of similar. Everybody had spent the whole week being like, Tafoli sucks. He bears the game winner. That was sweet, though. That's a great, such a sexy goal. eh? That was a great rush from Anderson. That's what we're kind of seeing, Rasmus Anderson. And like I said, he's definitely got some work to do in his own zone this year. I think he's kind of been all over the place, really pushing for the offense. But that's when it paid off. Like he looked like he looked like an old school. 80s defender out there just flying through the neutral zone set that one up that was sweet hockey fans it's finally time to hit the ice again and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL you are in for a great season new customers can bet just five bucks on any team and get 200 bucks in free bets if they win you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays you can combine multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Props to him. I don't even know how he got that
0: over. That was like that's, play. that's, that's a D man coming down one on it's one on one coverage playing three on three like that, yeah. but he burns him wide. And somehow he's still perfect pass to Toffoli. That finish was just money. And then Toffoli's quietly got what? Three goals.
1: Yeah. Three goals. And like I said, even though we were complaining about Rath on the, on the power play, he's fifth in the league in in scoring amongst defensemen right now.
0: Imagine if he was good on the power play, he'd be first. I know. He'd be- <laughs>
1: But yeah, Tifoli, I think Toffoli is a guy, like, I don't know. I think we were kind of had some question marks about his fit on the top line, but still know, do. But
0: he's give yeah, him some more time.
1: That's yeah. And he's a guy Daryl trusts and Daryl knows, and we know what he's capable of. And it. it's just like, you know, like I thought that was the perfect answer when, you know, somebody stupidly asked them about the differences between Chuck and Toffoli. One's guys won Stanley Cups, and on deep
0: runs. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at that goal and he does have three goals already. I and mean, what's he on? He's on pace for fucking 40 at this point. Yeah. But it's like, this is the player, the goal scorer that we all thought we were getting. Right. When Brad makes the trade, if you can continue doing this here and there, sprinkling in these goals and, and timely goals and maybe some more overtime goals. um. Not only is going to have a good season, but he's going to he's going to really fill an important role on this team. Huge role,
1: because like we always say, is like who's going to score the goals, right? Lindholm's struggling right now. is not a big goal scorer. Foley's the guy, right? So, um, second on the team in goals behind only Cadre. <laughs> and Brett Ritchie is fourth. <laughs> Love it. Well, he's tied. He's tied for fourth with M- Michael Stone, <laughs> and Lindholm and munch. Two of these things are not like yeah, the other. Richie and Stone crazy.
0: So the team as a whole, what's the team as a whole, your perspective on the team as a whole after through six games here. I mean, we kind of touched on at the beginning. It's like you, they still leave you wanting more. Yeah. They still
1: haven't found their game. They still haven't played. They're still, I think a lot of guys are figuring out, you know, Daryl getting up to pace with how Daryl wants them to play. But the guys who you know are playing up to that standard and are fitting in beautifully are sh- showing you just a taste of how good this team could slash would be once everybody is in sync and gets on the same page.
0: Yeah, I mean you can't. I don't think you'd expect too much more from Mangiapane and Kadri. Maybe from Duba, you can expect a bit, of, a little bit more. Um, same thing with Coleman and back. I mean, in, in that third line role with those minutes and, and those matchups, they're doing a phenomenal job. I guess you can't really expect more from Lewis, but you do want more in the top nine, and you just want another guy there who's a little bit, you know, can move and score a bit more. Yeah, we did touch on Markstrom. Um, there's there's more ceiling there for him. Obviously, the top line we touched on that fourth line as well. What about the defense? Defense through six.
1: Yeah, like I think I think weger's been quietly really good. He obviously, he had that really standout performance in the Avalanche game. He probably hasn't been that good over the, the other five games, but he's been quietly solid. I think him and Tannever still kind of maybe getting used to each other. Hannafin has been sick, I think. There's some, there's a bug going around because Markstrom was sick to start the year. Hannafin was out for a few games or something. And has, where in the world is Oliver Shillington? Yeah, it's, I don't know. Well, hey, we got
0: Mike Stone. I mean, yeah. No, but no like- problem, dude. Can we get an update? No anybody? problem. If anybody yeah. has heard anything or known, send us a DM because I have no fucking clue. I've well, heard Brad, nothing. for Brad, forbid any questions. So, um,
1: but yeah, I don't know. Like I think Hannifin, I think, is still kind of. I don't know. He must be sick because he hasn't been great. He's he's kind of been turning the puck over a lot, and um, but Zidrans so Hannafin- look pretty good.
0: The draw has been good. He's I've, still got his, you know, cat. He's you know, where it's like, holy shit, penalty, this but... is a
1: freaking adventure. What are you doing? I think the thing with Anderson, though, like I've been really impressed with, you know, his involvement in the offense. It's just he, he's got he's got to re-center himself back in and reel himself in. And he's made some not so not so outstanding defensive plays. Like totally. We we need him to find a happy medium between being a really great offensive contributor and still being solid in his own zone like he was yep. for a few years. So, yeah, I, I don't know if he's just been kind of like over exuberant or just kind of like, you know, missing coverage or not been super attentive to detail in, in the D zone. But there's been a few plays like the I think the Jeff Carter or the Malkin goal the other night. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was a good example. It's like Anderson's like following the guy to the freaking – boards and then just like leaves a three on one in the in the ozone like he was just he was lost out there so he's got some stuff to clean up but i mean he's been dynamite offensively here's a (laughs) here's a good uh comparison like who is better darnell nurse or Rasmus anderson oh geez for 9.25 mil player one versus 4.55 mil player two i know who i'm taking
0: love that contract just love it. I think it just kicked in too, so that's the best part. Uh, you mentioned this. Daryl's been on fire, um, oh, man, dude. You've been posting some good stuff on Instagram. But this, this whole individuals versus collective thing was fucking awesome from the other day. Um, I don't know what spurred it. Was it them asking him about Huberto, or what was it?
1: Well. I mean, it's been kind of a running theme. You've heard him say this before, too. Like, even back to last year, he was like, I don't want to talk about individuals.
0: Yeah, when everybody
1: was chasing the 100 point milestone or the 40 yeah. gold milestone, or even just like talking about, like, oh, you know, like, how's Kedro going to fit into your system and stuff? And you and Johnny Droh, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, it's one player right
0: yeah and he gives them the whole collective versus individual spiel i want to get away from always ask answering questions about individuals that's kind of what how this organization got in trouble right
1: it was was always about individuals not about the team it was always based on if this guy scored or this guy didn't score or who was playing with who or remember i watched this team lots listened to everything I came here and the biggest issue was the individual stuff (laughs) so I have a hard time
0: answering those questions because it's a collective thing where he's like you know I've been that was one of the things watching this team before he took the job there's a lot of conversation about individual players and individual play on a nightly basis and he knew from from the beginning that was one thing that he was going to shift make sure it was more about the collective you hear it in the players post game pre game totally um, listen
1: listen to the guys after the game and what they're talking about they're talking about like hey we got to you know play more sound defensively they're talking about like details of the game it's just yeah. it's way more
0: than like their own personal performances and shit yeah to me this is something that's notable because i mean you look at what's going on in the in uh the baseball world series right now the two world series teams i just watched both both of them clinch and both, to a T, the players, post-game interviews, said the exact same thing. They, they they interviewed that the young guy in the Astros, the rookie who's having an outstanding you know, playoff debut. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, we're just playing for each other. And you can tell he's saying it with conviction. It's not a cliche. It's not one of these one-stat answers. Like, legit, they're playing for each other. And then you go over to the other side, American League, or sorry, National League, and... Fucking they're saying the same thing, Philadelphia Phillies. This is a team in no way picked to win, but you can see it. And it's funny, you go back, same thing with the Braves in, in the previous season and whoever it was before that, but it's like you can see it. They play for each other. And you saw it with Colorado, you saw how they all acted fucking game one or game whenever they had their you know, their first game of the season. Is it Jack Johnson comes over? Yeah, leaves his team stands with the abs. Like I've never seen that before. No, that's crazy. You have to do that, and Daryl knows that. He's been addressing this since day one. He noticed it from the outside. The opposite happening, and it's just like there's so many little tiny things behind the scenes that Daryl brings to this organization and this team that are so fucking valuable. And I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's been a factor because. Some of the individual play has not looked great from time to time, and not for a full sixty for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean that top lines have some issues, but this team is five and one, and they're playing upper echelon teams to start the season. So yeah, well, I think the uh, the most important thing about what Daryl said there is like
1: the focus on individual players or individuals is what got this team into trouble in years past. That, that was the most interesting part. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, the Flames lost the playoff series. Okay, it's Johnny Gaudreau's fault. It's Sean Monahan's fault. You know, it's like not focusing on the right things or correcting the the, the correct things. Yeah, and, Johnny has to be better, otherwise we can't win. Yeah, man, that was so, – he's so – that's the thing about Daryl's press conferences is like, if you're not a Flames fan, and you just kind of watch from the outside. I was like, yeah, it's fun and interesting and he's funny and he makes funny remarks, but it's like – Every time I watch something, I learn something. It's it's so informative it's of a true. hockey fan to watch it's his press conferences. It's ridiculous. It's, it's not even like, oh
0: yeah, he's saying that. I know about that. It's just like, holy fuck, where's he coming up with this? No, but I'm like, damn, a, is that accurate? That's
1: a great point. I didn't even realize that. I've just spent all day breaking down like how the, the one player on the flames has sucked or one player has been really good. And it's like now he's just like, Yeah, it's not like it's just he's so perceptive and insightful and so smart.
0: Motherfucker is steeped in hockey wisdom, eh? That whole incredible. family, right? I love this thing from last season. Who was it? Was it when Johnny hit his 200th <laughs> goal? I'd rather him score one big goal in the playoffs. Poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> He's the big biggest poo-pooer in fucking history. In fucking what are you, 500?
1: What are you, 500 game better have more energy than 499?
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about Phil Kessel, though, eh? Oh man, that's incredible, dude. This is the story of the league right now, and for fucking it should be. How the fuck is Phil Kessel the Iron Man? This is the funniest oxymoron <laughs> in sports. Like, you kidding me? It's hilarious. Well how, the, I, how yeah. the fuck is he doing? Like he, he just you know he yeah, shit. It's terrible. He doesn't lift a finger, works never works out. You've heard those stories with Rustig. Ah, uh, uh, I feel like shit Steger had a whole block of cheese. Shouldn't <laughs> eat that fucking giant block of cheese, Steger. <laughs> they Steger ripping him, and then fucking, he's like Steger. I can lift more than you, pal. Doesn't uh, he warm up? Room. Doesn't warm up? Hasn't fucking probably exercised fucking however long. His fucking goes in there, and bangs off five hundred pounds. So he's just good. one of those. Like, where is he born? He's an American, obviously, right?
1: He's like one of those like. You know those old guys? Okay, he's a Wisconsin guy. That explains it. You know those weird—I don't know if he's from a farming family, but those weird old guys. If you live in small town Alberta, you kind of know. It's just like there's some maybe there's some Chernobyl shit going
0: on there. It yeah, they li- kind of got superhuman fucking. They're just like fat, radioactive,
1: shape. um, really unhealthy people. But it's just like smoking th- like ten pack a day, drinking till like just so unhealthy. But they're just like strong as shit. You know these people I'm talking about and are up at, like, 5 a.m. every morning somehow.
0: It's like, he's just a freak of nature. Yeah, he is. Good on him. I like how he scores his uh, 400th goal. He's still got some wheels. We were watching the game last night. Like,
1: the Vegas game, yeah. Like, I know he can still freaking motor. And I know the Flames wanted to sign him. They they poked into it. So, he would have been a good fit here.
0: Yeah, he really would have, actually. Other league news, uh, Patrick Kane, might be traded this season. Imagine if we landed him. Um, just give, just, can we just hand the cup over now? I guess you still got to get through the abs. But.
1: If, here's the thing. I know Patrick Kane is like old and not as good as he used to be, and he sucks at defense, but I if if the Oilers get Patrick Kane, I'll be shitting my pants. So if anything, I know Brad can't base his whole organization off the Oilers, but... He did it with Markstrom. Yeah, that's true. He did do it with Markstrom, and that was a brilliant move in retrospect um please don't let the others get Kane do whatever you have to do to make sure they don't get Patrick Kane fuck
0: the others would eh let's Patrick, get worse Patrick Kane offensive. wouldn't go there
1: he's not that well I guess freaking McDavid he wouldn't go there I don't think he'd go there he's get too much respect for himself eh? yeah he's he's a winner he's a pro he's a champion he's not he's not he's not gonna defile his
0: legacy with that doesn't want to end up in the city of sweatpants That's for his right. final <laughs> tenure here. It's eh? a good name for them. That's right, city of mullets and sweatpants, folks. In Greece. Um, the other notable thing we did touch on about how bad are the Canucks right now? Holy fuck! It's incredible. It's uh, look. I think it's a bit of just bad timing, bad luck. I don't think they're actually that bad, are they? I don't either. Like, like you said, we were talking about this in our preview shows, like. They got some petter Here's
1: their forwards. Like, are there to, on paper, are their forwards not like just as good, if not better than uh, our team, even Pedersen, Horvat, JT Miller? They sent Hoglander down for some reason. Garland's a healthy scratch. Like, what are they doing? It's insane.
0: You've but here's the thing.
1: No, no, I've been saying what? Get Garland.
0: Get Garland. Yeah. Pounce, Brad. Well, if they spiral any further than this. Dude, get better if they got to think. Oh, fuck. Could you imagine? Ooh, how about Miller? He pays too much, I guess, though. Yeah, but I, there's
1: some guys on that team that I would really like to have here. Garland being one of them. I'm telling you, a freaking Garland.
0: Oh, my God. Coleman Garland,
1: Garland or Garland with Kadri
0: Garland, Kadri and Mangiapane? Can you imagine that line? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Talk about buzzsaw.
1: Holy fucking. Um, but here's the other thing you can't. We, t- we touched on this briefly about like, don't forget your hatred for, for the Canucks. You also can't forget your, like, how bad Vancouver fans are. They're not, oh, dude. The you worst. know what? I know one good Vancouver fan who's a nice guy and he lives in Alberta, of course, and isn't even from BC, but Canucks fans are the worst. Like, they can burn their so, city down.
0: You always hear this from the Oilers. Oh, fickle Flames fans. Oh, fickle. Like, Actually, legit, Vancouver fans have to be the most fickle fans well, and, in yeah, the history of sports.
1: And they don't, like, I think the Flames fans support the team too much sometimes. It's like, yeah, hey, we're dead last again, standing ovation.
0: Yeah, but what? A, that's that's a pretty good fault, though. Yeah, I know. Right? If you I, had to pick one. On the better, opposite end of the spectrum. It's the opposite in Northernsville, and then fucking in Vancouver, they're just like, you lost one game? Yeah burning I'm my never, I'm never coming again selling and, my season and tickets. the thing
1: yeah exactly that says that's what the part of it is they don't support the team financially like it is and you, you look from the outside and go why don't they rebuild it's like because fans don't pay right like unless they're you know contenders that's oh yeah if, unless if, it's,
0: they got an interesting team they don't go yeah it's totally
1: true they they ditch out fast so don't I don't feel too bad for the games.
0: well it, I gotta say this is from an outsider's perspective, I'm not Sam i gleeful over um, here looking them looking at them implode in the first you know, three weeks of the season, but it's been kind of funny and interesting. To, the one to, thing I will say watch.
1: is they better get it. They better pull what they pulled last year and get it together because if we have to have oh, another division sakes. rival, if they go full tank and get Bedard and we have to face McDavid and Bedard in our division, I'll lose my mind.
0: They're not going to tank. They're going to do the thing. They always
1: do. I, they sure they better. They better get it together. Here.
0: They're going to turn it around and then they're going to go on a heater, get like five points out of the playoff spot. Everybody's going to be all fucking. Oh, and they're just going to miss it again. They better because I will
1: lose my mind. If we have to put up with another one of those freaking top picks wall, isn't it? Okay. The flames are this. Somebody put this stat out there. It's crazy. Um, the Flames are like, other than Vegas, who have like zero first round draft picks playing for the team, the Flames have the least first round draft picks playing on their team, like who they draft in the first round. And it's in Backland
0: now that Valamacchi's gone. Jeez. It's crazy. That is crazy. Um, but the, we have a lot of first round picks from other teams.
1: Yeah. Like Hannafin like and Lindholm are both like top five guys.
0: Huberto, where was top he? Top
1: three guy. He was third, I think, or second overall. Cadry, where's Codry drafted? is pretty high, six or seven or eight, maybe. Maybe a little bit later. I don't remember.
0: It was a while ago. Yeah, so he's been acquiring. He's been collecting. He's been collecting. This is a new good collection. Eh? The
1: one other piece of news was the, it's been a while, but the Flames Reverse Retro jersey came out. And
0: I know we're not big jersey nerds on here. Nothing like this. Nothing like that, eh? Yeah. I but, like it. Do you like it? Well, here's the you thing. did You did post that, the white retro uh yes the the classic colored pedestal which i thought
1: was money i don't mind the black though listen it's growing on me every day it is that's the thing they followed they followed the rules this time because last time with blasty they're like oh we'll make one change and it's oh here's blasty we'll just change
0: the two stripes that fucking don't have any impact (laughs) on the jersey
1: so that was my beef with that one was like i like the jersey but you didn't follow the assignment guidelines and number two it wasn't better than the original which i think to have a good reverse retro you need to you need to it needs to be better than the original that it's based off of. And this one is so much better than those yeah. original someone, pedestals.
0: I know you were you were posting, we're talking about the tell them what the concept looks like in case they haven't seen it.
1: Oh, so it's just a pedestal jersey, but it's there's no black. It's just like classic flames colors. So it's red, but then the pedestal is like white and yellow. It looks really sharp.
0: I mean, one point someone did make a good point when I was reading some of the comments. And they're like, Well, it would look a lot like our current away jersey. That's the yeah. thing, and I get that. So I don't. I, I agree, and I don't mind the black. The back actually looks sharp. It looks cool. The one problem um.
1: is the the one problem that I didn't expect to be a because like other than this, it's great, but it's a weird design thing where I don't know if yes. this is Adidas fault, but like the stripes, the pedestal stripes aren't stitched on. So they're like just on the jersey, and then the crest part of the jersey has like a seam right where the crest starts. So it looks like a Frankenstein jersey. Yeah, it's like a flap or like a
0: hoodie pouch or something. It's, it's weird.
1: Hoodie pouch, exactly. It's super weird. So that's my one issue with it. But it's cool. And then
0: I did see someone else that they should have done something like Atlanta related. That would have been cool.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Imagine. there's a a lot of things because they could have done but that's
0: something we've never seen from the calgary flames organization is ever well i guess they did with the a's with the assistant captains yeah they threw the atlanta a on there but outside of that have they ever done any homage to atlanta
1: well it's crazy it's crazy that um you know like people forget how much the pedestal because it was funny i was reading some of the comments on it and everyone's like yeah, that would be a, like people who don't really know the like the history of the pedestal jersey. A lot of comments are like, that'd be a great jersey if it wasn't for those weird diagonal stripes. And I was like, yeah, that's the whole point. But people don't, people who think this is cool, and I think it looks cool, but you forget how much people hated those pedestal jerseys back in the day. I hated them. I hated them too. The red one, the white one is okay. The red one's brutal. Now I like them.
0: but I, I like the black. The black looks way better. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I think that kind of wraps up uh, everything that's been happening. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I don't think so. Um,
1: I don't know. I've kind of just been keeping tabs on Kachuk and Goudreau a little bit. You know, yeah. I, key, I was, I was, yeah. I was kind of, you know,
0: Kudro's got five goals.
1: Yeah, he's looking pretty good. Although the, the team sucks, but he's still looking pretty good. Kachuk looks good, and his team's pretty good too. It's funny because I definitely was guilty of like. Um, I know I texted you a couple times. I was like, Huberto, better get going here because like I'm watching Johnny had Johnny lit it up a couple nights. He's had a couple highlight reel goals with the Blue Jackets, and Chucky's doing Chucky things. He's going after Kucherov and shit. So I was like, man, Huberto, better get going here a little bit. So I was feeling that I was feeling the pressure a little bit, you know, of you know watching those two guys go play some good games, and Huberto still finding his way, but. Um. No, I don't know. They both look, they both look good. It's funny to watch Chucky. <laughs> he was. Everybody's getting mad at him, but like, like, cause he took a penalty in overtime against Kucherov. I didn't know Kucherov was such a little bitch. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Go on. Yeah, maybe I did. But he Kucherov's like, dirty. Like everyone's like, oh, Chuck shouldn't do that. It's like Kucherov's dirty as shit. Like I. Yeah, he is. That probably sh- that, like I know Chuck took the slashing penalty and they won that game and. Overtime, but that's not over.
0: Chucky's not gonna forget about that. No, it's gonna be a good little rivalry. Eh? Continue continuation, dude. You know he's a bitch. Remember when he was? He was like basically crying about the Montreal fans, how passionate they were. Eh? Wasn't that after they beat them in the final? He's like, row so it was he's like a troll. Yeah, but he was like beaking them like, oh yeah, and they were cheering like they won this Stanley Cup. It's like actually, dude, it's because fucking no it's one was care. To, No one was allowed to go to a hockey game for like fucking what two years they finally let some fans in the building That's what it was all about yeah i i hope
1: chucky gets his number because like i'm i you know i'm still gonna enjoy watching chuck
0: piss people off i'd like to see another fucking playoff matchup between those two teams and actually see chuck fucking do something in a playoff round you mean other than score a hat trick and then dip for the rest of the series exactly yeah all right, so upcoming, you got Edmonton on Saturday. I'm scared for that because yeah, I'm going. When they have a redemption game, it's, it's fucking bad. McDavid has what five or six I points. This was get, that's all, it's in my notes today. That's
1: all I want from this game. I guess like, I can handle losing to the Oilers, sure. I can't handle it when it's like
0: McDavid. Patrick. Exactly. So you, just, gotta watch him, you gotta yeah. watch him surprise himself. Man. Oh my God. I, just, I can't believe I just scored that. Oh! It's like, oh my God, how'd I do that? I wish just
1: once, like just one time, I want somebody to just crank him. Can somebody just open ice? Actually, like clean. I am not advocating for like dirty. I, look, I don't mind if it's his own player again. Who was that in the preseason? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it uh, Kane? Kane, yeah. Fucking just drilled him, eh? But man, I'd love, I'd love Zadorov or Kadyr. or something just a perfect clean open ice hit? Michael Stone. yeah, dude,
0: Codry, That'd be good, eh? Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. What are the Oilers do? They gonna come after Weger and and kadri <laughs> Is that gonna be their game plan again? Just the last to about shit? eight seconds. Fuck! I hope we get up early, man. Nah, this gonna yeah. be interesting. Yeah, to going, me, this is this is the most interesting game of the season. This one,
1: yeah, totally. Especially um, given the role you're on, you're feeling good. You haven't quite hit your stride. Um, I, I I hope Markstrom starts. I, I I don't I don't really care either way, but I kind of hope he does just so we can get a look get over this dumb oilers shit because you know if he doesn't start all the oilers fans are gonna be like, oh they're scared to from blah 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 fact, i don't
0: care as long as we beat him dude yeah that's a good point i don't care you still Especially. have three you still have three more games at home after that so four more games at home seattle nashville new jersey before you start hitting the road um dude there's a one two three four five six game road trip dude it's, it's funny um you know, last season they started hella on the road, right? And they were just beating everybody. They were great. And then they came home and they were great because you they came home and I go oh, watch. They're gonna suck. No, they were great. Daryl Sutter. Um, I can't remember who asked him to start the season. They're like, oh yeah, what about all these home games? Do you like yeah. playing at home? This many games? I wish we could play them all at home. <laughs> so what a difference because this team has kind of sucked at home before Daryl Sutter mm-hmm. in the past in the in the previous coaching staff. They sucked at home and on. <laughs> That's true. It just sucks. Been so inconsistent. Now we get some consistency. We're actually we're five at one at home. What are we gonna do the next four games at home? Um, but yeah, home cooking, man, to start the season, and then we're going on the road here. Um, it's kind of the opposite in November. We're playing a
1: lot of hockey in November. Well, that's good too. That's the other thing Daryl said. Is like we've lately, he's been like we've been practicing more than we've been playing. We just want to play. I think that's another thing that we maybe didn't talk about with like Lindholm and you know, is they just haven't been playing enough. It's like mm-hmm. now they got a three-day break. It's like, get them. And that's what I like about road trips at the beginning of the season, especially under Daryl. Yep. Is like, I think yep. that's when we'll start to see maybe some guys yeah, some gel. Game, get into a rhythm here.
0: They're going gel, to start gelling. That's what they always say. We start gelling on the road, right? So you just got to finish this homestand strong. If you can win two or three of the next four um, and then start gelling on the road. Hopefully you don't have to do that with some losses, but see what happens. <laughs> Cushion. Cushion is a pillow with feathers. You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.